And so the verse we're looking at today, the very first part, it says, judge not lest you be judged. Now, does that mean that we are never to judge? Well, you know, when, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, but, you know, if you have a kid that's being disobedient, it's not like you just ignore it and, and just roll over and let them do whatever. Uh, if we see somebody who commits a crime, I believe that they ought to stand before a judge, and a judge ought to do that. He ought to judge that person. So the question is, well, then what are we talking about? What's Jesus talking about when he says this? Well, we're going to hopefully discover that in just a few moments as we look in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 1. Now, we know in this passage of Scripture who Jesus is talking to. And we know when he preached the Sermon on the Mount, we know who his audience was. We know this because of Matthew 5.1. It says, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. So when Jesus was preaching this message, he was preaching it to his followers. Now, there were other people in the crowd as well. Uh, there were the religious leaders of the day were also there. And so a lot of other people were there. And I, I have a feeling that when Jesus is talking in Matthew 7, 1, that he has his eye in particular upon the religious leaders of the day. And the reason why is the religious leaders of the day were very good at judging. Uh, they were very good at, at pointing out when people weren't, weren't following the law, when they weren't doing all the things that God had said in Scripture that they were supposed to do. Now, there's nothing wrong with pointing out when something is wrong, but it's not very helpful if you don't get in there to try to correct things, to make things better. You know, if I see somebody in a pool and they're drowning, if you're in a pool and you're drowning and I walk over to you and go, hey, you're drowning, and then I just walk off and don't help you, is that helpful? I mean, it's not helpful at all. And so in a sense, that's what Jesus is addressing here. And so what Jesus does today for us when he talks about judging, or as I called it today, when he talks about criticism, he gives us what I would call are some helpful hints about criticism and how it's to be used. And so the very first hint that I see here is this. Very simply put, when it comes to judging, to judgment, to being, critici to being critical, it's not your job. And it's not my job. Judgment is not reserved for me. I'm not the one who is to be the judge. Uh, in verse number one, it's what Jesus means when he says, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh, the word judge, it means to separate. It means to decide. It is the picture of one who is casting judgment on someone and they determine from the story what is right and what's wrong. Uh, they determine from the story what is good and what is evil, and then they pass down a sentence. Now, like I said earlier, when I really look at my own life, this is what I've discovered about me. I think I do a pretty good job of this. I'm a great judge. You know, I can, I can point out what's wrong, and then I like to pass sentence on people. You know, in my mind. I don't, you know, I don't literally do it, but in my mind, I pass sentence. And that sounds good until you begin to read the scripture. And Jesus very clearly says in verse number one, do not judge. Do you know, this is now the most quoted verse in all of the Bible. People love to use this verse. And so what's, what's happened because of this verse is it causes a lot of confusion for people. And so they say, well, we can't judge anything. Now, is that the question is, is that what Jesus me meant here? Is this Jesus saying that we are not to judge anything? Well, that's absolutely not. 
I mean, if we couldn't judge anything, then think about what that implies, what, what that includes. I mean, you couldn't, even, you couldn't go to your favorite restaurant because you'd be judging if you did that. I mean, if you were a doctor and somebody has a disease, I mean, you can't make a diagnosis because you'd be judging one treatment as being better than another. And so the judging, there's some things that are good about judging. So the question is, well, then why did Jesus say, do not judge? When he's talking about judging, he's referring to judging the heart and the character and the worth of another person. And you can't do that, and I can't do that either. And that was a bad habit that the people of Israel had gotten into. And the reason why is they were the chosen people of God. That's pretty heady stuff right there. Deuteronomy 7, 6 says, For you are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples of the face of the earth. Now, if, if you were to tell me that I am the chosen person of God, I'm going to be honest with you, that's going to make me feel pretty superior. Think, hey, buddy, I don't know who you are, but let me tell you who I am. I'm the, I'm the chosen of God. I mean, that, that's real easy to get a big head about. But, but God did not choose the Jewish people because they were better than other people. He chose them. He just simply chose them so that through them they would make God known to other people. God, God told Abraham in Genesis 12, 3, he said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, this is one reason why I believe that we are to be a supporter of the nation of Israel. Now, on the other side, God is saying, listen, I am blessing you so that through you, you will be a blessing to other people because they're going to see God through you. Now, as Christians, did you know that we can fall into that same kind of trap as well? If you become a follower of Jesus, your title changed. You become a child of God. When you become a follower of Jesus, Jesus says that he's prepared a place for you in heaven for an eternity. Now, whenever you begin to see those things and understand those things, it's easy to think, hey, I'm, I'm superior. And then we can, we can begin to judge ourselves as being better than other people because of our standing with God. Now, now here's the deal, though. My role and my job is not to point out every miserable thing that I see in life, every miserable person that I see in life, and then begin to judge that person. My job is not to say, I am better than you because I follow all the rules. That is not the job that I have. My job is to point people to Jesus and to tell people it's not what I've done that's enabled me to have a relationship with God. It is God's grace that has changed me, not me. And that same grace is available to you as well. You know, God's the one who holds all the cards. In James 4, 11 and 12, it clarifies this. It says, don't criticize one another, brothers. He who criticizes a brother or judges his brother criticizes the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver and judge who's able to save and destroy but who are you to judge your neighbor okay now when I read that verse there's something I notice there my name's not there it doesn't say and the only one who's to judge is Eric um, one thing I also notice is your name is not there either your job and my job is not to be critical it is not to judge and look down on others. There's only one who has the right to judge. Who's that? It's only God. 
It's only God because it's only God who is able to see everything with the right perspective. We cannot see life like God does. I know you and you know me somewhat, but we don't know everything about each other. My perspective on you is very limited. Your perspective on me is very limited. And that's why Jesus says you need to be careful when we get into the areas of criticism and judgment. Now, now why is that? Because, guys, we're not as wise as we think that we are. And do you realize that the way that you judge, and, th- and when I say you, I'm including me here, but understand this, the way that you, if you are judgmental and you are critical, Jesus says something really interesting here. He says the standard that you use to judge is going to be applied to you. That makes me a little nervous because I can be an exacting judge. Uh, Matthew Henry, a commentator from the 1700s, wrote this. He said, what would become of us if God should be as exact and severe in judging us as we are in judging our brethren if he should weigh us in the same balance? Kind of convicting. So what sort of some hints about criticism and judgment? First, here's the first thing. It's not your job. It's not your job or my job to do that. What's another helpful hint? Well, a lot of times we are willing to judge and be critical because it's often used to help us escape our own responsibilities. Now, look with me in verses uh, 3 and 4. It says, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, there's a log in your eye. Y'all heard that one before? Yeah, take the... Take the log out of your own eye. I've heard this all the time. Now, this is a great word picture Jesus is using here. It's a picture of a, of a religious leader saying, I see some problems in your life. I see a speck in your eye. And he's got a two-by-four hanging out of his own eye. Now, you don't talk about being hypocritical. And Jesus says, you know, you have to be careful. If you're, you know, don't be looking to judge other people. When you need to, first of all, you need to look at your own life. And that, that's the Pharisees. They were very good at pointing out people's faults, but they didn't recognize their own. Uh, That's why we're told about the Pharisees. Jesus said about them in Matthew 23. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He said, You build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, and you say, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we wouldn't have taken part with them in the shedding of the prophets' blood. Jesus said, You therefore testify against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's sins. These guys were, the religious leaders were hypocritical. They said, Man, if we lived back in those days, we wouldn't have murdered the prophets. What did they end up doing to Jesus? They put him on the cross. They, they were hypocritical. And that's what Jesus called them. So, so why would they do that? And then the better question, the more convicting question for me is why do I do that? Why am I a person who is so willing to be critical of others, who's so willing to be judgmental of others? And you know what? It's real simple. Because it makes me feel better about myself. And if if I can look and see the areas where somebody is weak, I typically will pick out the areas where I don't struggle, and I see somebody else struggling, and I go, they're not as good as me. Yeah, when I'm driving, I'm an incredible driver. So that's one of my great strengths in my life. You know, obviously they're not as good as I am. They need lessons from me. I'm going to start running that 911 school. I don't know who that guy is, but I need to, I need to own that company. Okay, so I, yeah, but it's easy for me to point out people's failures in areas where I'm strong, but I tend to ignore the areas where I'm weak. I don't look at those areas 
And so it's easy for me to be critical in areas where I'm strong. And, and also, not only that, when I begin to be critical of others, it takes the attention and the focus of my, on myself, and I begin to redirect it towards somebody else, and that makes me feel better. But Jesus warns us, so listen, before you begin to judge, you need to first of all look at the log that's hanging out of your own eye. Now, now can I judge correctly whenever I'm a person that's filled with problems and sin? Absolutely not. Yeah, I saw a story. And I, y'all, I find some, some, there's some great stories out there. I read one in the Palm Beach paper. There's a story of a guy that was wanted. His, name was, his name's Chip Pugh. And he's one, he was wanted for vandalism and robbery. And uh, so what they did is they, they posted his picture on Facebook. It was a mugshot of him. Well, Chip Pugh happened to see the mugshot of himself, and he did not like the picture. It's crazy. And so what he did is he took a picture of himself and he sent it to the police department and said, I would rather you use this picture instead. Isn't that crazy? So the, needless to say, he ended up getting caught. But it was interesting that he, was so, he, wanted, he wanted to look good for others and totally ignore his problem, his sin that he had committed. Now, too often, many of us, we are more concerned with making sure that our mugshot looks good as opposed to making sure that our heart is right before God. So Jesus gives some helpful hints about, about judging. He said, first, it's not your job. He said, sometimes whenever you are critical, you need to be self-reflective you know, and understand it very well could be that you're being critical because it helps cover up your and escape the responsibility that you have. And then this is the last hint that Jesus gives about, about being judgmental. It needs to begin with you. If you're going to judge, let it start with yourself. Uh, verse number five will be the last verse I, I'll read. It says, hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, Jesus starts off the, the sentence here in verse number five. He says, hypocrite. The word hypocrite, it means stage actor. In Jesus' day, whenever people would act, they would put a mask on, and they would play a character. They would, they would pretend to be someone that they weren't. That doesn't make sense, doesn't it? That's what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is somebody who is pretending to be someone that he is not. He's wearing a mask. That was what the Pharisees were doing. They were, they were wearing a mask. They were acting like they were more pious and holy and in, connect, in connecting with God than everybody else. Jesus said, no, you're being a hypocrite. He said, you are playing a role that is not really you. And Jesus gave a picture of this in a parable he told that many of you will be familiar with. In Luke 18, he told this story. He said, two men went up to the temple complex to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee took his stand and was praying like this, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people. It's a great prayer, isn't it? Thank you, God, for not making me like everybody else around me. They're greedy, unrighteous, adulterers. Even, there's a guy next to him, even like this tax collector. So I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven. But he kept striking his own chest, saying, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. Who is the better guy? Now, on the surface, I read that, and I go, the Pharisee's a better guy. We know this because he's told us he was. But we know this also by, by what he said. I mean, look, look what he said. He, he's a guy who, who paid his tithe. He gave his tithe. 
He's a good guy. He followed the law. I'm sure that he went to, he went to church every week. Those are all good things, y'all. I'm not standing up here and saying those are bad things. As a matter of fact, every pastor I know would say, I want that guy to be a member of my church. That's a good guy. Now, what about the tax collector? This prayer is not as shiny, is it? God forgive me, I'm just, man, I am a sinner. So what was, what was the problem with the Pharisee? The problem with the Pharisee is he was playing a part that really wasn't him. He was acting like he was holy more holy than anybody else. He was acting like that everything that he had came about because of his good, hard work. Yeah, that's not it. It's because of the grace of God. And the Bible tells us who we all are as people. You know who we all are as people? Yeah, we are sinners. I mean, we're, bro- we're broken. I'm broken. Do you get that? We are broken people. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 10 says, there is no one righteous, no, not even one. Who are we as people, y'all? We are broken people. And whenever we act like we're not, you know what we're doing? We are living in denial. And whenever you live in denial, it, it is hard to see change come about in your life. Yeah, I see denial all the time. I see it in athletes who, you know, athletes who have... They hang on just a little bit too long, thinking, I can recapture the glory. I see other people who, who think that they're, they're, they're living in denial concerning their age. They try to continue to live like they're 25 when they're not, and then they pay a price for it. And then I look at my own life. Yeah, I live in denial. I can give you an example of just recently, uh, part of the denial I have is, uh, is I do, I, I, the whole age thing just kind of is weird. And so I have, uh, about six months ago, my middle finger started, kill- it was just throbbing. And it's not for any bad reason. But my middle finger was just throbbing. And so I told him, I was like, man, my finger's killing me. I don't know what the deal is. And so she said, why don't you get it checked out? I'm going to get it checked out. And I said, it's going to get better. I'll just work it out. Well, I had a, I had a doctor's appointment just a, a few weeks ago. And so I went in, and, and Emily had said, you've got to ask him about it. So I said, all right. Because it's honestly like swells up, and it's just weird. And I had an idea of what it was, but I didn't want to admit it. So I went to the doctor, and I was like, hey, by the way, I'm walking out the door. I was like, hey, my finger's hurting. He goes, which one is it? And I said, it's, it's my middle finger. And he said, what, which joint is it? I told him, he goes, I already know what it is. I'm like, what is it? He goes, you got osteoarthritis, your middle finger. And I was like, hey, how did I get that? You know, I'm kind of frustrated. I'm like, how, how did that happen to me? He said, uh, well, that's what happens to you when you are 47. And I was like, well, I'm, I might be 47, but, you know, physically I'm like 23. And he's like, no, you're really not. And so that's, that's, that's living in denial. Now, in my mind, in my, I, was, I was in denial. In my mind, that made me feel better, but I was still in pain. But whenever I actually admitted it, now there's something that I can do. There's, something, there's somebody that could intervene and begin to help so that I could deal with the problem that I have. So when Jesus is talking about judging, he said, let it begin with you so that you can begin the process of letting your life be straightened out. So when we talk about judging, Jesus says, do not judge lest you be judged. Okay, does that mean that we're never to point out wrong? And this is the part of the text that's kind of interesting to me. Because whenever you look back in verse number 5, Jesus says, first take the log out of your eye and then you will be able to see clearly enough to do what? To take the speck out of your brother's eye. 
So the idea of judging, we, we don't judge the heart and the value and the worth of a person, but we can judge somebody's actions. And whenever somebody's actions are out of line with where they need to be, and they are on the wrong path, then we want to take care of ourselves so that we can help somebody else get back on the right path. And what I've learned is so many times when I use criticism, when I use judgment, it is not to build somebody up. It is to tear down and to destroy. And Jesus says that is not the kind of judgment you are to use. He says what it is is you are to come alongside someone and walk with them so that you can bring them back to the right track in life so they will again be walking with God or so that they will see who God is. Judge not unless you be judged. Jesus gives some really good hints about criticism and judging. It's not your job. Sometimes we use it in order to escape responsibility, take the focus off of ourselves. And then finally, when you judge, he goes, it begins with you. When you're critical, be critical of yourself. Now, not to tear yourself down, but to examine your life so that you could get back on the track and the path that God wants you on. Because let me tell you something. Jesus came here not to destroy us with the law. Jesus said, I came here that you might have life and have it more abundantly.